0: Hola, 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 como esta mis amigos y amigas, me llamo Joe, this is Cinco de Mayo, and I don't know if you see it this way like I do, and I can't speak for DeMichael, but when I think Cinco de Mayo, I think fiestas, I think summer heat, I think vacation, and it is vacation for the Memphis Grizzlies, maybe they're in Cancun, maybe they're elsewhere, just like we've talked about this week, the front office and the coaching staff has some work to do after their nice little break, so too do the players. We're going to talk about three or four in particular that we think need the most work or maybe the most room for growth this summer here on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Arriva.
1: You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Bienvenido, and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. I promise I don't know that much Spanish. The bit is done after that. Uh, I am Joe Molinax, your co host for this episode. Joined once again, uh, Dylan Brooks decided to not have any major news break. So, thank you. Dylan. So we can now have DeMichael with us, DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal, there in Memphis, Tennessee, the Grizzlies beat writer. We miss you on the Thursday episode. May the fourth be with you if you'll if you celebrate Star Wars Day to Michael, uh belated Star Wars Day to you. It is now Cinco de Mayo as I've driven into the ground. And again, that gets me thinking of parties and fiestas and summer. But hopefully there's some work that's going to be done this summer, not just by us here at Lockdown Grizzlies, but by some Grizzlies players. We're going to get to that on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, I want to remind you that this episode, like every episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, is a proud part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube, rate, review, subscribe, like, comment, however you get your podcast, checking it over on YouTube. We're on a heater over on YouTube. We've had over a thousand views, multiple episodes in a row. Much appreciated. Hopefully we Closing can keep that in. momentum. Keep that energy. We're closing yeah. in on 2,000 subscribers. Major, major stuff for us over at Lockdown Grizzlies. Obviously, draft coverage is coming up. We'll talk free agency again. We're going to be here. We're going to be here with you all through the offseason, and hopefully, you'll stay with us here at Lockdown Grizzlies. To Michael, I think you've talked enough about Dylan Brooks. No, no, I, yeah. if you really want to give an opinion on it all, I certainly can allow you to, but I think you're good um, from judging our conversations over the last day or so. And I talked a lot about it yesterday as well. So we're just going to jump right into this idea of improvement for the players. On yesterday's episode, I talked about a way that Zach Kleiman can improve, the tripling down on youth. I appreciated that acknowledgement, as we've talked about before. And then I also talked about Taylor Jenkins getting movement out of the pick and roll with Jaron Jackson Jr., using him more in that way. And that name, Jaron Jackson Jr., might be relevant here momentarily to Michael because you and I, we talked before the show about three players that we thought needed to improve or had the most room to grow, whatever the politically correct, polite way is to say. The Um, most important guys. Yeah, Surprisingly, uh, we agreed on two of the three. So the way that this show is going to run is we're going to talk about the two that we agreed on first, and then we'll give the the different names that we had at the end of the show. Um, And and I'm going to preface all this with saying that if you've been following Locked on Grizzlies for a while now, Zaire Williams already got his shine from us. Yeah, That's going to be a foregone conclusion. Zaire going to Summer League, he has to get better, right? Again, Zaire was our guy last offseason, last three seasons. We're pivoting this summer. We're pivoting, a strong (laughs) pivot, right? I I think that's a fair way to put it. So anyway, with all that being said, we actually agreed, like I said, on two of the three names. And the first one I'll let you start off with, partner, is one that most Grizzlies fans are probably going to say for – Maybe surprising reasons, but I think we're going to be in lockstep on those two.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's the most obvious, I think, one. And, and not obvious in terms of, oh, this guy needs to get a lot better. But right, the guy we talk about a lot, and it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to start there because he was an all-star this season. There was improvement that took place. But this is where I'm going to start, Joe. Look at March. Look at his numbers in March. It's one of the best months, if not the best month, offensively speaking, of his career. Absolutely. Why can't he do that over the course of a full season? I I, I don't. Good question. There, there was nothing I saw in March outside of, you know, John Morant uh, missed a bunch of games. But even when John came back, he was still playing some really good basketball. But my point is, Jaron was dominant. And. Uh why why he's on this list because you say, okay, well, he, he showed the improvement there. No, uh, the playoffs, I feel like there was some regression, and not not regression in totality, sure, but I'll say it like this we saw it against all those teams. I want to mm-hmm. see it against the top defenses. Do it when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are guarding you. Yeah. We we have now gotten to the point. I remember last season, my first year on the beat. Uh, Shout out to the Grizzlies fans out there, because one of the things that a lot of you used to say to me was Jaron doesn't attack mismatches enough. And you know what? I don't think that's a fair assessment anymore. This season, when Jaron was when he had smaller guys on him, it was food. It was food. He took advantage of that uh, for the most part uh, during the season. In March, that's what we saw a lot of. And it gave me to the point, Okay, now we see that we see he has that capability. Now do it against Anthony Davis. Now do it against, you know, LeBron James and, and, and those types of matchups. 31 points, I think it was, in game one of that series in the first round. And then they started matching up Anthony Davis more on him. Then they had Anthony Davis roaming uh, with LeBron James matched up against uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And he never had another Jaron-type game. He didn't shoot the ball from three well, and yeah. he wasn't as forceful inside. Uh, I said it uh, before last season, Jaron Jackson Jr. should be shooting – at least uh, five free throw attempts per game uh, every year going forward. If, if we're being honest, it should be closer to seven. You know, uh, he yeah. has the size, he has the quickness to take uh, big guys off the dribble, and he's just strong enough to be able to create those mismatches. Jaron Jackson Jr. should average over 20 points per game. If not over 20 points per game, uh, I think it is very plausible to say this guy should be averaging 18, 19 points. Uh, next season on the way to earning his second all-star berth. That's what you need. And we didn't mention uh, this yet, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because we, we're we not putting Ja and, and Dez on this list. No. For obvious reasons. These two guys are, are pretty solidified uh, yeah. offensively. And You can argue about defensive improvements, but there are bigger issues, I think. But Jaron Jackson Jr.'s offensive improvement is directly tied to how far this team goes.
0: One of the most fascinating things about this upcoming summer is how Zach Kleiman decides to improve the roster, right? The OG Ananobi thing is out there that everybody's very excited about. Again, him and Mikel Bridges, Bridges being one and, and Ananobi being two. Those are probably the two best fits along these guys, alongside these guys moving forward. I think that's fair to say. But Ananobi says similar things to Dylan Brooks in terms of wanting a larger role, right? And Ananobi probably wouldn't have that in Memphis. That is one of the flaws to that plan. So I am curious to see if when these trades go down, they add guys like Dorian finney Smith, Alex Caruso. Yeah. You know, they improve their veteran depth and continue to accentuate the big three. And to your point, Jaron averaging 20 or so points a game would be evidence of that. The beautiful thing about this to Michael, in my opinion, and I agree with everything you said in terms of how he needs to improve, drawing contact, handling the contact better, initiating it in intelligent ways. You know, there's an art to drawing fouls in the NBA, and hopefully he's watching a lot of uh, film of the Joel Embiid's and Nikola Jokic. Well, they do it
1: against him, Joe. So he 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 has the best,
0: he has the best best seat seat in the house. (laughs) That's true. Um, But the thing that I'm most excited about to Michael is the fact that he's healthy, right? I know he had the hand issue, hand wrist, Mm -hmm. but that, as we talked about in our injury episode, not necessarily a major deal for him. He should Mm -hmm. be okay. He had talked about playing with team USA this summer, at least training with them and doing those sorts of things. So that tells me that he's interested in developing his game and, you know, for a player that's 23 years old that has the physical skill set of Jaron, Jaw is obviously an athletic diamond in the rough, but Jaron is six foot 11, 245 pounds. We've called him Giannis Light on this show before. The fact that he's just healthy enough to actually take this new basketball development for a spin is something yeah. to be really excited about. He actually can work on his game this summer instead of just focusing on getting a
1: knee healthy or a foot or whatever the other ailment might be. Yeah, that's so important for his summer development. You know, he always is one of those players who gets a long list of things to work on for the summer Mm -hmm. uh, with Taylor Jenkins. And I asked him uh, at the exit interviews, I said, you you had the longest, you know, list of things last season. I said, "Was, was this year similar? He said, yeah. So... Uh, clearly Taylor Jenkins thinks there are a lot of things that he can improve on to kind of go to that next level. We saw him take the jump, you know, offensively in terms of attacking the mismatches. He shot the ball uh, from three point above league average this season. Now go to the next level. You you are a walking mismatch. Uh, Take advantage of that. And I think he should be much more consistent in that role against not only smaller guys in, in bad defenses, but bully ball against the bigger bad defenses as well like a, a guy like Anthony Davis is doing uh-huh. right now in the league.
0: no that's a great example and I think that maybe he watches some Nikola Jokic film some old school Marcus yeah. Gasol film I want to see him be a better passer because that's you saw a lot it, of times it. they were double teaming down on him and they're going to have to because of those mismatches finding the open man that's the next step for him offensively that's going to
1: enable him to be more efficient within his own shooting as well so Jared saw, Jackson Jr. I saw a stat too Please go ahead. It was, it was, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but he had, I think twice as many turnovers as assists in that series. Mm, yeah, so,
0: absolutely. I believe it completely because point. again, they were double teaming him and he didn't really know how to respond. So working off of that is going to be a major piece of his development. So Jaron Jackson, Jr. Tremendous season defensive player of the year. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA Continuing to develop that offensive game. That's the next step for him. And again, he's healthy. He'll be able to do that. Hopefully, he does train with Team USA this summer. That'll be a great experience for him. So, kudos to Jaron on a good year. Continuing to be great is the next step in his progression. DeMichael and I, believe it or not, agree on option number two for the player with the most potential growth possible in their games this summer. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors eBay Motors is just like a championship team, because when it comes to a championship team, it's about making sure every player is a perfect fit. The same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. The next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, be sure that every part you need fits right the first time. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if that part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Getting the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're going to talk about our second option here. Next on Lockdown Grizzlies, get excited. DeMichael and I agree again. Stay with <laughs> us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax, joined by my wonderful co host, DeMichael Cole, here on this Friday, the Cinco de Mayo edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. And as we've talked about DeMichael of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, I of Bluff City Media, uh, Grizzlies columnist there. Go check out our work both at Commercial Appeal and Bluff City Media. We talked about we agree again. We talked, we agreed on Jaron Jackson Jr. and we agreed on option number two. I'll lead off on this one if it's okay with you to Michael. And I will focus on Santi Aldama because this is a young man who had a strong season for the Memphis Grizzlies, stronger than anticipated. I would say Memphis and you and I expected Zaire Williams to be that leaper, right? The person that had a strong second season. It was Santi who did some impressive things, scored well from 3, tried to score off the dribble, at times he did, at times he didn't. Uh he has some room for growth defensively in particular and also physically. So I'll focus on the physical aspect cuz I'm a big meathead as a football guy. So I can I can identify with this. There were too many times that the 6 foot 11 Santi Aldama got bodied by people. Even wings that were smaller than him in terms of height or length of wingspan He just didn't have the physical strength to contend against some of these players. And it was evident he needs a summer with a similar weight gain plan to what Zaire Williams was doing. The giant jug of water uh, that Zaire was carrying around. Santi should be on that plan as well in terms of trying to gain weight, gain muscle mass. Obviously we don't want him taking home rolls of Oreos and, and gaining weight that way, but we do want, or I want to see him get physically stronger so that he can be that true stretch for that doesn't get abused defensively in the paint. If he struggles on the perimeter some, that's a little more understandable. But for me, I need that guy to be someone that isn't a liability. Given his length and given his size, it was too easy getting to the rim against someone
1: that has a 6 foot 11 frame like Santi Aldama. Yeah, and and it's funny you started this off by saying Santi had a strong Ah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you were saying. Yeah, I don't know if
0: you on that. I don't know That's if you know that. Courtney on purpose. Right there, the old, of <laughs> but,
1: course I was. Come on, it
0: I'm was, as witty as they it come. It was.
1: It was. It was perfect. It was perfect because you said it. I mean, I, I can think off the top of my head. There was a possession against the Lakers where LeBron James just drove straight to the chest of Santi and just knocked them back. Mm-hmm. And in theory, just in theory, Santi is. Kind of that perfect. He 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 should have been the perfect X factor in that series because he can shoot the three ball, which would have put him playing on the floor alongside of Jaron, and you would have had Ja, you would have had Dez, and I think that would have made it more, I guess, respectable to play Dylan Brooks, you know, with guys sagging off him because he would be the only guy in the lineup wasn't respected you know from a three-point shooting perspective sure. but it, it kind of hurt that you had x and dylan in this lineup and you know the spacing and all that but that's beside the point the point is santi gets stronger which would lead to you know better rebounding results a uh, better screening uh just m- more physicality in his game uh, that changes a lot of things I, mean, I remember early in the season we talked about it on here uh, I think you were an early season advocate of uh more Jaron and Santi lineups once upon a time. Absolutely. And spacing, baby, spacing. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was kind of a thing. But we saw defensively there were some shortcomings. I know often uh, offensively uh he is he is super skilled. But I want to point something out because I, I made that tweet uh from exit interviews where Santi was talking about possibly eating six or seven meals uh, a day. I mean, Good. So I, I don't know about Eat. you. I don't know Eat. about you, but but sometimes I, I I don't even like putting down three meals a day. Sometimes, so, so Mike, uh, hold
0: on, we can all be honest with each other here. If people have been watching on YouTube all season, right? Okay. They're looking at our they're looking at us. Do I look like someone who misses many meals? We can be honest here. I, I do not. I am a recovering fat kid. I openly <laughs> admit that. And as a recovering fat kid, I drive by a gas station. And it's hard for me not to stop because we live in the golden age of gas station food. There's a Sheetz, there's a Wawa, there's all sorts of wonderful places where I can eat. The fact that I'm having this conversation, I'm not sponsored by those places. I am just alluding to the fact that I wish I could be (laughs) Santi Aldama. Please tell me to eat six or seven times a day. Tell me to. I am so jealous of people like Santi. Go gain some weight. Go eat some food for the people that can't like me.
1: Well, I, well. Speaking from a small guy's perspective, Joe, I'll, I'll take that perspective on this. Oh, and yeah. say I, I cannot and, relate and at say, all. And say that look, he's gonna. That's gonna be tough. I mean, and 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 we talked about this throughout the season because going back to summer week, I remember he was telling me that's the thing he wanted to work on the most was getting stronger. But let's talk about how that plays out because I know there are some people who are worried about this, and I actually. Asked him about this because I've seen it happen. I grew up around a lot of people who played basketball and I saw people who were terrific shooters bulk up and they lose their form and things like that. And I talked to Santi about it. I said, hey, you know, uh, people might be worried if you put on 25 pounds and you come back looking like, you know, a prime, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a Grizzlies guy, Stromile Swift or something. Or you know, like Marcus saw before he started yeah, leaning up, growing his own yeah, veggies. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you come back looking like one of those guys, um, you could lose some of that. He was a great shooter. You don't want him to lose that. And he even he brought up interesting perspective, Joe. He said, hey, that's kind of actually happened to him before. And he was growing up as a kid. He remember he hit like a growth spurt, put on some weight. And it wasn't the shooting that he remembered was affected. It was the ball handling that kind of was affected the most. His ball handling kind of uh, was all over the place. So he had to re, you know, kind of uh, get back to the fundamentals and things like that. So he got back uh, with the fundamentals and then the shooting kind of came along as well. So he's actually experienced with this. So that led me to believe, hey, look, this guy's going to know how to put on good lean weight where he's able to keep his shooting where he's able to keep his ball handling which is a skill that he has offensively as well and i think it's a promising thing because if he does this uh we we haven't mentioned it much yet but steven adams you know there is the possibility i mean it's not been ruled out yet there's the possibility that steven adams isn't ready the first game of the season sure Uh, there's the possibility that you have a three big man rotation there's the possibility that you don't acquire a big man through free agency or through trades, because right now you only have one open roster spot and we all know where that position should go to more than anything. So there's just a lot to factor in here and there are a lot of possibilities, but at the end of the day, Santi Aldama's improvement is very crucial to make all those things work. I would agree. And I think that
0: Santi Aldama is a great example of that development program at play, right? They found a player that they really liked small school coming out of college. Really impressed with his length, how he was able to handle his shooting stroke. He had a strong sophomore season. I yep. did it again. He had a good sophomore <laughs> season. Is he able to take another leap and be that player? Again, say worst-case scenario, Stephen Adams can't go, and Brandon Clark can't go. We know yep. Brandon Clark's not going right, to go. Right, right. Say Stephen Adams can't either, and you're back in the same position playoffs-wise. You've got Xavier Tillman. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. Santi has to be able – to eat those minutes. And I think that that's really important to manufacture positive strength and development, not just in terms of his basketball skill, but just his physical body as well. So uh, I'm excited to watch Santi do that this summer. I think he had mentioned wanting to play for the Spanish national team over the summer. Having that opportunity is important to him. So keep working on your basketball skills, but just remember, basketball is a lot of cardio, Santi. And if you do a lot of cardio – you burn calories, right? So you got to keep putting calories in to gain that weight. Trust me, I'm an expert. When we come back, we're actually going to disagree to Michael and I here on Lockdown Grizzlies. It's not a major disagreement. It's just differing tastes and young wings. The third and final or third and fourth player that needs to have the best summer, or the possibility for the best summer coming up next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, your co-host of uh, Bluff City Media, also of SB Nation, joined by the wonderful, the handsome, the very suave and debonair, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He covers the Memphis Grizzlies for that website, publication, all those fun things. Between DeMichael, myself, and Lockdown Grizzlies, we've got you covered as the off season grinds forward. So stick with us, please don't go anywhere. We are happy to have you. However, you're taking us in, continue to be in every day or, and hang out with us. And I don't know if you heard this or not to Michael, but we have yeah. a wonderful new partnership that we're going to be talking more about yeah. next week with Sirius XM, which is a really cool thing. Obviously there's no games for us to really hype right now. Kind of a bummer, <laughs> uh, but we have, you know, locked on network continues to grow and develop. We have that Sirius XM partnership, and you'll hear more from us about that next week. So just wanted to give a quick shout out to David Locke and all the folks that help manage Locked On Podcast Network, from NFL to NHL, MLB, obviously the NBA section. Uh, we continue to grow, and it's a lot of fun to see happen. So shout out to all those that are involved in that development. Speaking of development, Jaron Jackson Jr., Santi Aldama, those are the two that we agree on. We're going to disagree now, and I'm going to let you go first. With your disagreement, because the name that you said was intriguing to me, because mm-hmm. to me this is one of the guys that if I am concocting a trade that oh. doesn't involve oh. the sign and trade of Dylan Brooks, don't you say this? I, I'm I'm moving him on. If I'm being oh. honest, you know, oh. our, our mutual friend in Memphis Grizzlies media coverage, Anthony Sane, he said he's done with young guys, and I'm not going to go as far as saying, but. I don't know. And again, LaRavia can shoot threes. We talk about needing spacing. So I can hear that argument. And I think that's going to be part of what you're about to say. But in terms of youth, you know, whether it's Santi Aldama, whether it is my guy, David Roddy, spoiler alert, whether it is Jake LaRavia, your guy, you know, somebody's going to get moved along. I think this summer, if they are going to go bigger, it'll be interesting to see what direction they choose to go. Jake
1: LaRavia can hoop, man. I he can shoot. And, We've talked and, about this. He's got look, the stroke. You can't have enough shooting in sure. the NBA. The Grizzlies don't have enough shooting. Yeah. Why are we talking about moving one of the guys yeah. who potentially could be one of those knockdown shooters? I hear you. Go back to Santi last last season. Santi's rookie year. I'm going to circle back here. Sure. Santi's rookie year. I remember not going to say any names. But I remember there were a lot of people in Memphis media who checked out on that guy. Uh, I don't think
0: I did. No, no, you're no, right. I don't, there were I don't, some. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know, I, I know, I
1: know. But he was he was down in the G League putting up numbers. He was balling. I saw the numbers. I saw the potential. And I was like, I think that guy can play up here. It's, it's going to take some time, but he can play. That's the same feeling I have with Jake LaRavia. Let's, let's, let's just dive into the G League numbers real quick. I saw some of these games, too, so not just reading blind numbers off of paper here. He he has some, some stuff in his bag, but 29 minutes per game uh, down there with the Memphis Hustle. 17 games played, Joe. Uh, 17.8 points per game over four rebounds a game, two and a half assists. Uh, but his traditional numbers, 18.8 points. Uh, 46.6% shooting from the field, Hmm. 36.4% shooting from three point range on seven. Oh, you're going to love this 7.6, three point attempts per game. I do over over 2.8 makes, uh, you're going to like this too. 86.8% free throw shooting. I mean, look at the Grizzlies. I mean, this is, this is the perfect guy to what we're talking about, the problems that this team has. In the half-court offense. Yeah, and he has some of that in his game, too. Jake Moravia is big. I think people forget that. And as a rookie, he was big. So imagine how big he's going to be as he fills out into the, you know, the quote-unquote grown man body, 6'8", we're talking potentially 230-plus pounds, posting you up. He has a nice turnaround shot. Uh, The three-point shot is fluid. It's simple with me. This is your guy who can play the three, who can downsize to the four and hold his own and be on the floor with Desmond Bain, uh, Luke Kennard, potentially at the same time. Like, there is a lot of potential in this guy's game. Defensively, he has potential there as well. Uh, I remember I talked to his college head coach, uh, Steve Forbes. We Mm -hmm. talked on the phone for a while before the season. He was telling me he just has to learn how to – get a little bit more selfish with his play in a good way. He doesn't want to shoot enough. And then he came over to the Grizzlies. Everyone was saying, man, we want him to shoot the ball more. 7.6 three-point attempts per game down with the hustle. I think he's going to have a big summer in summer league. And guess what? That's a roster spot that's going to be really important. You, you, Out of everyone outside of Desmond Bain and and Luke Kennard, when you talk about the wing guys, he's the guy I'm most confident in that can take that step as a three-point shooter and – I can't say it enough. This team needs it, Joe. They need it real bad, and he's the guy that can bring it. That's why he's important. You are a big Lavavia stan. I did not. Look, I I haven't been all season, but he's kind of been in the shadows. Sure, and and he was the whole time. We're we're talking David Roddy. We're talking you know Kenneth Lofton Jr. He's down there just casually scoring twenty on most nights uh, with the hustle and knocking down three three pointers. Like just casually. Just like
0: Santi Aldama last season. Yeah, that's true. But meanwhile, up with the actual big club, my guy, big body David Roddy, (laughs) was out there hooping at times, doing impressive things against actual NBA competition. And David Roddy is my guy. Everything you said about LaRavia is fair. And I do think that if it actually comes down to condensing the roster, trading some of these guys away, maybe it's a John Conchar right, or something like that. If they can, if they can have their druthers, I'm sure they'd rather keep some of these younger players because Conchar's 27. He's one of, you know, he's one of the oldest guys on the team at this point. Yeah. So, and not necessarily in a veteran way. Like, no offense to John Conchar, I don't think anybody's sitting down for leadership meetings, you know, getting jitty with it. Um, But when it comes to David Roddy. I watched the Philadelphia 76ers play, and I've watched this guy play for multiple teams in the NBA. And In my opinion, every, about to say. every NBA contending team mm-hmm. needs a guy like P.J. Tucker. I like and him And when I see David Roddy, I see P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what he can be. Now, P.J. Tucker is not a wing. That's extremely important to understand. Can he do that for moments? Yeah, for moments, even in this older part of his career. He gets caught in a switch on the perimeter for a series or a possession. He'll be okay. He's a big. He's undersized. He's 6'5", 6'6", but he's a big. And he has a low center of gravity, and he has some physical strength to him. He has a frame that can absorb some contact, and he has learned how to play that level of basketball, holding his own both in perimeter defense as well as in the post. You need a dude like P.J. Tucker, and I see pj tucker when i see david roddy but pj tucker is a little more limited offensively whereas roddy has shown the ability to create off the dribble a little bit shoot the ball a little bit if your comp is uh your ceiling i should say is a souped up pj tucker sign me up man because i think that is a major piece in modern basketball you need a guy who is a big who can play against other bigs but can also play on the perimeter some. And that is David Roddy. We saw flashes of it with Taylor Jenkins, letting him play some more small ball four minutes. I'm hopeful. And again, knock on wood, if Adams can't go, we know Clark can't go. The fourth big, in my opinion, should be David Roddy. Let him have that opportunity. See how he does in those minutes and let him get some run in that role. So I, I hear what you're saying on the Ravia. He's six foot eight if I have to have Laravia versus Roddy to defend yeah you know let, let's say Jason Tatum right I'm I want Roddy not Laravia because I think Roddy can be physical in a way that Laravia is not capable of being or even Asante Santi Eldama is not capable of being David Roddy is six foot six 255 pounds right or 250 pounds something like that he weighs more than uh, than uh, Santi does and Santi's five inches taller He's just a thicker, more physically aggressive dude, and I think that he has a skill set that can continue to de- develop. Doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world. I think Laravia might even have a higher ceiling. That's my Roddy. point. But I think Roddy, but what are we talking about now? We're not mm-hmm. We're not interested in ceilings anymore, right? Mm-hmm. At least I'm not. I'm closer to saying on that, okay? I want dudes that can go and play winning basketball. Could Laravia potentially be that? Yeah. He could also potentially be in the G League again. I've seen David Roddy play in the playoffs. I've seen him play meaningful basketball at the NBA level. I know he has a specific niche role that he can help this team with. And if you want to say Laravia's niche role is the shooter, Luke Kennard's already
1: on the team. You, 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 one shooter's not going to be enough.
0: Well, that's what the trademark is for. That's what yeah. the MLE is for. I, you know, yeah. I if I had to choose today, yeah, I would go Roddy over Laravia. But I, I think you make a fair argument for him, and, it, you know, that it, potential it, is there.
1: And you made a great point, too, with the with the floor. I, that's my thing with those two guys. Uh, higher floor, David Roddy, because at the end of the day, you know, uh, I mean, we saw this guy get thrown on the floor against Kevin Durant as a rookie, against LeBron James when Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks was in foul trouble. And uh, didn't this do awful. Is, this is proven. No, and he, I've talked to him about this. He's kind of, you know, jokes joke to me about, like, how he's kind of got thrown into this role. I've talked to Dylan Brooks a lot. Uh, Dylan Brooks is kind of he was like the understudy for Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks this season, uh, in that role. Uh, Jake Laravia, from what people were saying early in the season, was probably a little bit ahead as a team defender, but he's still. But Jake Laravia said, "Hey, I believe I can defend one on one too." Very confident guy. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm the ceiling matters to me because even even if he doesn't reach his full ceiling, I think he's still. Capable. Uh, If he gets halfway there, uh, he he beats where Roddy is. Um, Roddy, I think, is your your prototypical, like you said, PJ Tucker, three and D. Uh, He's going to defend his butt off. He's going to run the floor, but there are some limitations there. Uh, I think David Roddy is every bit of six four and a half, six five, and we saw a couple times in the Lakers series, for example, uh, where he get offensive rebounds and he's just unable to put it back up. You know, there's not enough height there uh, when you're in there with the with the, you know, with all that size uh, that a team that the Lakers uh, kind of have. So uh, that's kind of my only thing. that, with, with, we're splitting hairs at the end of the day because I do think Roddy is you know a, a plus uh, eventually for this team, but Jake Laravia I think can be a real plus. Uh, and by the way, Zach Kleinman pointed this guy out himself. Said, don't he? He basically said he's he's real excited to see jake laravia this summer and i tell you what i'm looking forward to to seeing him too down there in summer league
0: and i'm also really excited to see jake laravia as a future member of the toronto raptors
1: oh i I knew it was coming coming (laughs) (laughs) no
0: no i'm not when fred van vliet leaves toronto when it's tyus and uh and laravia and a couple of firsts for og and an I, i will love to watch him flourish and develop no i'm just kidding um I think that the reality is, you know, we're kind of splitting hairs because these are guys towards the end of the rotation too. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, Jaron Jackson, Jr., John Morant, Desmond Bain, those are the guys whose development is the most important to this core moving forward. But at the same time, they need support, right? And whether it comes from outside the organization, which I think we can talk more about next week, what maybe some examples of that could be. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, from outside the organization, The draft, maybe. I think we've kind of moved past that. Maybe we can have an episode where we we attack that idea and philosophy. Um, I, I think that there is different avenues for those improvements to have or to happen for those guys. They shouldn't completely abandon internal development because that is where a culture is developed. That is where guys buy into a city, right? A free agent may not be as willing to choose Memphis as a guy who gets drafted there, grows up there literally, you know, we saw it with Mike Conley, Marcus Saul. You get married there. You have kids there. Like, that is your home. You That's where you started your adult life. And that matters, right? Like, that's, that's something that's different than somebody choosing in free agency. Oh, I can choose between Memphis and New York or Memphis and, you know, Phoenix, you know, places that maybe are more attractive living spots, Memphis and Atlanta even. Um, you know, no offense to Memphis. I love Memphis. But, you know, to, to get those guys when they're young and to develop yeah. them and that's what they know and that's what they see. They develop a love for the city and like I have a love for the city, obviously you do, you know, that, that matters too. So to have those guys that are homegrown talents, you know, parting with them is difficult. And I think that'll be something that we can kind of explore a little more in depth on future episodes of Locked On Grizzlies here. Thank you so much to everyone who listens and watches Locked on Grizzlies. Again, it's been one of the most successful weeks we've ever had on this show. I went back and since 2021, when we made the transition to doing YouTube and uh, and the stuff on any podcast network that you can find, uh, the, we've had two of the most successful five episodes in the history of Locked on Grizzlies in its current iteration uh, this week. So thank you guys so much for helping us continue to grow and develop the podcast. I know DeMichaels appreciative. I'll give him a second to touch on it uh, here in a moment. But I just want to say on my end, you know, this first season with demichael has been amazing, and this week has been really successful. Uh, We really appreciate everybody that's given
1: us a shot, and we hope that you all stick around. Yeah, uh, I just echo what Joe said. Um, And, I mean, it just happens so much. I I always go back to, you know, I I see, you know, the emails and everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, in person at Grizzlies games say, hey, you know, We listen to Locked On Grizzlies. We truly appreciate it. And I want you guys to just keep telling us uh, when we say, uh, you know, help us understand how we can continue to improve the podcast. Uh, We're really forming something really nice here, really special here. And guess what? Uh, The Grizzlies are trending up, I think, uh, this offseason and Locked On Grizzlies is too.
0: People are paying more attention to the Grizzlies than they have in the past. And I think that's, you know, that's good for, that's good for business on the lockdown Grizzlies end, but it's also good for Grizzlies fans because Memphis, again, a special place. So any chance that Memphis gets to be put in a positive light, right? Like the Dylan Brooks stuff has not been as positive. Um, (laughs) Whenever Memphis can be put out there in a positive way. I think that's really important. So I'll continue to be that, even though I haven't lived there in a long time, I always defend Memphis and love, send love to Memphis. And I'll continue to do so, and obviously to Michael Will as well. So thank you, everyone that checks out Lockdown Grizzlies. Continue to do so. Continue to be an everydayer as the season grinds forward. And we come back next week, like I said, maybe we start looking at roster construction, how the Grizzlies can improve, maybe do some player reviews, who had the best season for Memphis, who was their MVP, who was their LVP, their least valuable player. Um, Lots of different angles we can take as the offseason unfolds, and we hope that you'll be there with us for every which way the road that is the Grizzlies offseason can turn and twist. But for DeMichael, my wonderful co-host, I am Joe Molinax. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. We will see you on Monday. Stay locked in. This is Locked on Grizzlies.